0: Hey there, I'm Jenna. I banged down a PhD in four years, landed my dream job in regenerative medicine, and shortly thereafter had to become my own best doctor to overcome SIBO, adrenal insufficiency, and crippling fatigue. And now I'm a functional nutrition coach that helps other type A go getters achieve the life of their dreams without compromising their health. Welcome to the Fit to Thrive podcast. Go ahead and grab your espresso and let's dive in. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Fit to Thrive Podcast. Today's episode is gonna be all about hormone health and how you can support your hormone health through clean and low-tox products, such as in your food, your beauty, cleaning products, home goods, clothing, etc. I really, truly love how low-tox living became so trendy in 2023. Um, I mean, I think it started off obviously, well before 2023, but we started to see the movement in food products and food labeling. And we had all sorts of different variations of things, you know, Whole30 friendly. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking keto friendly for some reason. That's not necessarily showing us that it's a clean food, but that's where my brain was at. Uh, You know, but all the different things, organic, um, USDA, you know, we've got pasteurized eggs versus cage-free eggs versus all these different things. So we're starting to get all of these labels in food. And now this has started to translate into other areas, such as our beauty products, our cleaning products, things that we use to decorate and make our home homey, even in our clothing. I don't know about you, but I have been getting bombarded, probably because I clicked on one, but I've been getting bombarded with ads for low tox. Clothing. Um, And so it kind of gets me into this, you know, into this episode and thinking to myself, where do you start? Where do you draw the line? How do you know when you're doing something that is in support of your health versus when you're just kind of starting to become a little bit obsessed with it? Because I am definitely someone who can admit I get kind of an obsessive personality when I like get into something, it is then my obsession for the next, you know, sometimes short duration, sometimes long duration, right? Um, and so especially with trying to find products and trying to live a lifestyle that is hormone friendly, low tox, whatever you want to call it, it is really sometimes very tricky to draw that line at when you're doing something that is productive and healthy and aligning with your goals and when you're actually adding more mental and sometimes physical stress on yourself to just try and do the best. Because when it comes down to it, there's always going to be another thing that you can do, another product that you can buy, something that's going to be better, lower tox than what you're currently doing. And so going at this from a perspective of, I'm trying to increase the hormone friendliness of my lifestyle. I'm trying to Assist my body. I'm doing this out of a place of abundance and happiness and health rather than out of a place of fear or, you know, nervousness or really it is fear. I was trying to think of another word for it, but it's fear out of the negative ramifications, right? That's a very important distinction. And so as we take and approach this podcast with that mindset, I wanted to start off with a little bit of background on. What are the things that are actually in these products that that are making them possibly not the healthiest option for us? So the four big heavy hitters that I see and that a lot of times you might want to look at on ingredients lists or look at for labels that say, you know, free of would be parabens, phthalates, artificial fragrances, and pesticides. I mean, you're not going to find something that says like... (laughs) What pesticides were used right but obviously that's going to refer to like organic produce and things like that and so why is this important though like I, I get asked the question a lot of like is it even worth it to go through and replace all of the products that you use you know in your cosmetic and your your daily routine is that really something that's worth doing and i'd like to refer back to this study it came out just last year in 2023 And it goes into the impact at the cellular level when they had women switch out um, the products that they were using on a daily basis, like the personal care products, for products that were free from parabens and free from phthalates. Um, So it didn't necessarily look at fragrances or anything like that in this study, but two big ones. So they basically took women at the start of the study and they said, okay, come into the study and they took a biopsy of breast tissue. Um, these are all healthy women. None of them had breast cancer or anything like that. So they took like, basically a starting biopsy. And then they sent the women away and they said, okay, instead of the products that you were using, we're going to give you this packet of new products. And all of those ones were paraben-free and phthalate-free. And they said, we want you to use these exclusively for the next I think it was 28 days, but basically let's just say a month, use these for the next month and then come back and they took another biopsy from the breast and then they analyzed the starting biopsy and the biopsy after they had switched out the products and what they found was that the cells in the second biopsy had a much more favorable gene expression, a much more protective gene expression as it relates to breast cancer compared to the first one. And so, what we're seeing from that is that even just a month of switching up these products impacted how those women's cells were expressing the genes. Um, and so, I, I wrote down the list of things that they switched out just to give you like a better view of it. So it was like shampoo, conditioner, shower gel, body wash, deodorant, body lotion, um, face cleanser, and moisturizer toothpaste, floss, deodorant, lip balm, hand cream, sunscreen, makeup, and then the soap that they use for their hands and their dishes and um, the containers that they use to store the products. And so just from switching out those things, there was a pretty dramatic impact. And so I, I like to think of that study when I'm asking myself, like, is it worth it to really go through the effort of finding a lower tox mascara, and then finding a lower tox foundation. And I feel like, you know, for me, and my answer to that question is yes. Um, Your answer could be different, but I'm guessing if you've made it this far into the podcast, your answer is probably also yes. And so your next question is, that's a lot of stuff. And there's a lot for me to consider because earlier I mentioned also food. I mentioned also home products. I mentioned all these other things. Where the heck do you start? Um, where are you going to start that is the biggest bang for your buck? Because if you are a practical person, you just thought to yourself, okay, she listed off probably 10 different products, but makeup was one of those 10. And I've got, you know, however many makeup products. And if I replace my entire makeup bag, that is a spendy activity, (laughs) right? Definitely a spendy activity. So where do you start in this so that you're not breaking the bank, but you're also getting the most effective effectiveness out of it right so there's two places i want you to start one is that to remember your body does have built in detox mechanisms because i feel like once you kind of start this there's always going to be a next thing there's always going to be a next thing and like i mentioned in the very beginning we want to come at this from a perspective of we are adding more health into our life versus we're coming at this from a perspective of i am fearful of something bad happening to me um. So that's always numero uno. I'm just going to repeat it, probably even one more time throughout because it's extremely overwhelming. And then the next thing I like to do is think of it from the perspective of what do you ingest or what touches your body most frequently. And so the number one thing, the number one category, is going to be your water and your food. I mean, when you think of it, it's like a great thought to be like, oh. I want to make sure that the solution that I'm using to mop my floors is super low toxin, super clean. And it's like, that's great. How often are you mopping your floors though? If it's me, it's not that often. <laughs> it probably could be more, right? But to say you're doing that, I don't know, once a month sounds like a lot. Like a, like that would be very frequent for me. So I'm exposing myself there. Um, But, if we take that and we compare it to the water that you're drinking, we have an obvious discrepancy in the dosage, right? You are going to be drinking and exposed to the water that you're consuming significantly more than the solution that you're putting in your mop bucket. So we want to start with the things that are more like the water and the food, and then we'll get to that other stuff eventually if you really want to. Um, So what I like to start off with is with water is it is really impactful to get clean, filtered water. Um, I am never someone, I feel like in this space, it's very common for the narrative of like, big pharma is out to get you, big food is out to get you. The government wants to keep us sick because that's how they control us. And so therefore, all these other things. And I just don't think it's that big of a conspiracy. Um, are there things in place that could make these big systems a little bit less helpful to us? Yeah, of course. But when you think practically, I live in Phoenix, so I'm gonna use that example. You know, you see the pictures of the water pipes and they look absolutely disgusting on the inside, right? Like you see that and you're like, oh yeah, I'm never drinking tap water again in my life. But it's not that like ever, did you ever think to yourself also, how in the world could the city of Phoenix Efficiently and effectively clean out the inside of the water pipes, without completely shutting down water to people and completely disrupting everything that takes place um, in a society. It's just it's just not practical. And so, rather than thinking that everything is in these products to make us sick or to keep us sick, I just like to think of it from the perspective of people are doing the best that they can do to do whatever they want to do. And I can also, therefore, do the best that I can do that is the best for me. And so, (laughs) for that case, it's going to be getting filtered water, whether that's a Brita, I would say that's like step one. If you can get reverse osmosis water and put your own minerals back into it, I think that that's like a really gold standard. Um, I go to Sprouts, which is like a local grocery store, um, similar to like a Whole Foods or something like that, and I get their reverse osmosis water and put my own minerals in it. But just like I said, everything is on a spectrum. The gold standard for storing your food, for storing your water, would be in like a glass container versus a plastic container. I'm rolling up the sprouts and I'm filling my five gallon BPA free, BPA free plastic containers with water. Because for me, I have dropped those five gallon containers before out of my car. Actually, they just rolled, rolled right out. Apparently, I was driving too crazy and broke and spilled five gallons of water all over the Costco parking lot. And so in my brain, I'm like, sure, could I get like a one gallon, like multiple one gallon glass containers? I sure could. But if that glass container had rolled out of my car and shattered all over the Costco parking lot, it would have been a lot harder to figure out what to do than the plastic ones. And I just don't have to worry about them breaking and being a huge issue. So that is one of the compromises that I make that is a best decision for me. Would it be a best decision to get glass versus plastic? Maybe, but it's not best for me. Um, And so that's always the perspective that I keep with this is there's always something I could be doing better. Um, And it's easy to get overwhelmed. So just always look at it from the bigger picture. But in general, I have switched out all of my food prep and food storage containers are glass versus plastic. Um, All of my water bottles are either stainless or glass. And I do really prefer and purchase um, like organic produce whenever I can, so that I don't have to worry about the pesticides. Um, that's kind of like a separate category: pesticides versus like phthalates, parabens, you know, plastics, all that sort of stuff. But I do think that that's also extremely impactful, And since I'm eating so much food, like the food that you know then goes into your body and does everything else to keep you alive, I, I try to also to keep it organic when I can. Um, So that's like the first big category is food and water. If you're thinking, okay, I've got my food and water on lock, I've got that category taken care of. Now, how do I start with other products? The next big category would be your beauty and personal care products. And the way that I prioritize and triage that would be which of those products are touching your skin or possibly even absorbing directly into your skin at the most frequently and the highest dosage. So immediately the first things that come to mind would be makeup and lotion um, because you want those to be on your skin. Lotion you obviously want to absorb in and the makeup you want on there and you want it to stay there for the whole entire day until you take it off before bed, right? Um, and so those are the products that come to mind at the like the top of my list for what you're going to want to try and swap out. Um, but like I said before if you're trying to swap out your whole makeup bag that is a spendy activity And so rather than just immediately going and repurchasing like All brand new makeup that's going to be like low tox or whatever it is Definitely more my recommendation that you just replace things as you run out of them Um, this is for two reasons one It's not going to be as big of a hit on your bank account, but also for practicality purposes. I mean I am a scientist at heart, that's my background, you never really want to change more than one variable at a time, right? If you change both your, let's say, your primer, your foundation, and your setting spray all in one fell swoop, you have no way of knowing why your foundation looks astray at the end of the day, right? (laughs) Like, you don't know which of those variables that you just changed up is the reason that you're having that effect, and so, I just think for practicality purposes, I like to do one at a time, because then I know what's at what's what's working and what's not working. Um It also kind of lets me experiment with the different brands because you're going to try and find the brand that you like that's it's going to be probably different from what you've been using in the past, and so maybe you want to try, you know. I don't know. The Ilia foundation, but you want to try like the Honest Beauty mascara or something like that, right? And kind of lets you experiment with the different brands as you go and then you can maybe find one or two that you really like that's like in your main arsenal. Um the next one on here would be fragrance. So that falls into that artificial fragrance category. So I should touch on the fact of like if you're ever just like out in the store and you're like, "Okay, I don't want to look up in an app, what is the clean of this product um i i think one of the things that i look for also is like just is there an artificial fragrance if all they put on there is fragrance more than likely there's some type of synthetic fragrance in there which is going to be a little bit harder hitting than if they would use something like an essential oil um which you know then there's all the different categories of essential oils that you can get into sometimes they put the scientific name sometimes they just put the you know tea tree oil or something like that. Um, But that would be another thing that I would look at. If you do want to try and use apps, I almost forgot this point, but there are two that I have found to be relatively helpful. Um, I prefer one to the other, but that's just kind of my personal preference. So the Think Dirty app is a a great one. Um, It's going to have a little bit larger product database. The reason this is my second favorite, um, and I usually don't go to it I guess like my backup (laughs) is my backup app is um, I don't like the fact that you can buy products right off of the app. Um, While it is extremely convenient that it links you directly to either Amazon or wherever they're selling it from, that means that the product has likely paid to be a part of their database, which just in my mind takes away a little bit of the independence of it and a little bit of the trustworthiness for me. Um, but I am a pretty opinion. So my primary go-to app that I use is the EWG app. Um, but the way that the both of them are kind of set up is that you like search through the database for a product and each product that's in their database gets a score with the lower scores being more desirable. So in, I forget what the scale is. I think it's probably just one to 10 in Think Dirty. In EWG, the lowest score, the best score you can get is EWG verified. And then it goes from there, like 1 through 10, where like 1 through 3 is like a green color, uh, meaning like generally pretty good. 4 through 6 is like an orange or yellow color, like kind of like, eh, maybe not the best. And then like 6 and above is red, which means that it has an, an ingredient or multiple ingredients that are known to have some type of harm or a uh, potential effect that they could have on there. And so generally my rule of thumb when I'm searching for products, like I'll be out in the store, you can either, you can usually scan the barcode or you can just like type in to search for them. I'll look for products that are like one or two or lower, especially if it's something that's going like on my skin every single day. Um, That's my preference. If it's like a, special occasion thing then I'm not as picky about it but if it's like you know foundation or something like that that I'm going to be using frequently and like almost every single day then I'm going to look for something that's like verified or one or two um but generally that's that's how I go and if you ever like are like oh how do I my the product is not in here that's when I generally look at it and go like okay well does it have fragrance listed on the uh ingredient list if it has the word fragrance, mm, that's that's a ding in my book. I would be like, okay, I probably prefer something that's fragranced more naturally with essential oils or something like that. Um, the next thing I look for, usually not necessarily on the ingredients, but wherever they put like the verifications of the product or like, you know, the marketing for the product, I'll look on there. And a lot of times products will now say paraben or phthalate free if they are, because you know, marketing has started to figure out that we want that. We like that. That's a good thing if you don't have these pro- these things in your product. And so I'll look for that on the packaging and see if they have that on there. Um, and then the last resort, if you're ever just like, okay, I want, like, how can I do this? Like, just Google it. You know, uh, is da 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 considered low-tox or whatever. Um, and usually there's some type of forum that pops up that'll give you their opinion. Um... So then that's basically the the big ones, right? Like makeup, lotion, fragrance, hair products. I also have on here as something that I've tried to get to be low tox. But honestly, this is, again, this is one of those things like I wash my hair every six to seven days. Um, And I've recently got extensions put in and I want the extensions to be really taken care of and like really healthy in a way. And like sometimes I find with a lot of the hair products, it's hard for me to find stuff that like keeps my hair how I want it. So if it's something that I'm only doing every seven days, like washing and drying, I, I'm not as, uh, I'm not not quite as picky about it. But again, that's my own personal take on it, right? Um, and you're going to have your own personal take on everything too. I know plenty of people who won't touch makeup that has a single bad ingredient in it, but then they go and get Botox. And like, technically that doesn't make any sense but if it makes sense to you then it that's that's what matters it's all about working in the direction that you want to work in so the top one again water and food then hit your personal care products and then the third step if you're like okay I'm really going to be an overachiever in 2024 and get my hormones on the up and up then start looking at like your home goods um so like your cleaning products your candles um, oh I have laundry detergent listed here honestly I would move laundry that was a mistake on my part I would probably move laundry detergent up higher on the list um because of how I structured this right when you think of it you're wearing your clothes like the whole day I, I don't know what you're sleeping in maybe not but like right like other than when you're sleeping you're probably wearing clothes like the entire day and so your laundry detergent is is what cleans those clothes, so then it's basically touching your body the entire day, so I would put laundry detergent up higher on the list um more towards like your personal care products than I would as a lower end item um but the the thing that is a little bit trickier sometimes with the home goods is that all these other things, as implied by personal care products, they're just for you right? No one else in your family really cares what foundation you're putting on <laughs> your face um when you go into like the home goods that starts to impact other people in your family right and they might have preferences with what they like to clean with or what they like to do their laundry with or you know what candles or whatever that they're using and so just remember that as you go into this you might have to communicate to them hey this specific thing is really important to me this is the reason why I'm trying out this new product Um, and just make sure that they're on the same page as you with what you're using to do your laundry like if you want to make the boundary that, hey, I don't really care what you wash your clothes in, but when we do the towels or when we do the sheets or when I do my own laundry, I'm going to use this specific one. Can you use this laundry detergent when you do those loads too? Um, and starting off there and, and moving on from there as you want to. Uh, so so those are kind of like the, the big three heavy hitters. If you're really trying to get your hormone health out out and do really good things with it, you're trying to live a low tox life and support all of those things. This is how I would start. I would make sure you're replacing things as you run out of them. Don't just go I mean you can. I don't you don't have, you, you could replace everything all in one go. If that suits your fancy, but I would say replace them as you run out. Um always remember and come at it from the mindset of I am improving my health. I'm doing this to support my health. I'm doing this out of a place of abundance and excitement for my health rather than out of any fear um, and fear of what harm could come if I don't do this. And then the last piece, and this is really, really important, so I probably shouldn't have saved it for last, but here we are. Um, I All the things that I just went through on this podcast literally don't mean anything and are literally useless if you are not doing your basics. Hormone health is on the foundation going to be a result of your sleep, your stress management patterns, your exercise, and eating nutritious foods. So if you are not getting seven to nine hours, I was going to say eight plus, but We'll give you the range, seven to nine hours of sleep at a minimum every night. If you are not proactively managing your stress, and no, your workouts do not count as proactive stress management, that can be a way to relieve stress. But in this day and age, if you are a modern woman or a modern man in 2024, and you are not proactively managing your stress, you are doing yourself a huge disservice. And stress is one of the biggest, biggest killers for hormones. Um, if you are not exercising in a way that is helping out your body and if you are not eating nutritionally dense foods in your diet, everything that we just went through on this podcast doesn't matter because you can do all these things that we just talked about, but if you're not doing these foundational things, it is not going to help your hormones out at all. So that is like the last thing that I want you to remember is that These things are all icing on the cake and that further goes to support the approach that you're taking with it of it's a place out of abundance, a place out of continuing to support and help your hormones. So I didn't go through in this podcast a lot of the like brands of different products that I use mainly because there's just so many it would have made the podcast pretty arduous and um, I'm not endorsed by any of them so like I don't know (laughs) just i'd probably forget one and then it would be weird so but i um am really into this obviously so if you want to like message me on instagram and be like girl what kind of mascara did you find that works that actually stays on and makes your lashes look amazing send me that message i would love to chat with you about it um and and give you all the details on all the products that i've tried because there have certainly been some that I have tried and i do not like and then there are the ones that are my ride or dies. I will never go back. Um, and so I, w- I love that conversation. So if you have any questions on what you can do to support your hormone health journey or which products you think you should try or that you should avoid, um, definitely shoot me a DM. Okay. Till next time. Thanks for listening to the Fit to Thrive podcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts. So please leave me a review. And if you love the episode, snap a screenshot and take me on Instagram. Catch you next time.